um we're off to see uh which which i have been told not to refer to it as the 9-11 musical <laughs> which is apparently very good it's also the perfect musical because i'm shattered and apparently it's like an hour and 45 minutes long and that is it <laughs> you guys are making a podcast this so welcome to the podcast nobody asked for with me ian harris me graham jones and this week for i was going to say for the, the first time we're talking about documentaries but then we're also not really talking about documentaries we're, i mean we're we're talking fantasy documentaries and that's fantasy. not that's not like a larping documentary or a documentary we have mentioned a load of times the 30 for 30 on fantasy football yeah but yeah so the the plan today is to talk through our top three lists of Movie plots that would make for a good documentary. So that is taking a movie and smushing it into a documentary format. So not a making of, not like that. Is it Heart of Darkness? Is the Apocalypse Now one that is apparently like nearly as good as the actual film? Possibly. There's the um, there's a few right. There's uh, oh what's the something skis Dune is supposed to be very good. Yeah, and there's the um, isn't there one for the, like either the Dark Crystal or Labyrinth as well? Oh, I think yes, I think the, there's a Labyrinth one. Yeah, there's also a Dark Crystal one which I've watched, which, as I've mentioned previously, gave me pangs of I'm wasting my life, <laughs> which never never had that with a film before, but yeah, all good. So uh, the obvious question, uh, favorite documentaries? Um, oh, I've I've been watching quite a few lately. I watched the, it just finished Bad Vegan. Which is a, a uh, yes, mini series, yeah. which is insane. I heard you try to explain that to someone on Saturday. Yeah. And the only thing you had to say was, he says, I can make your dog live forever. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's it. I mean, it's wild. I'd recommend it. It's good fun. It's by, done by the same people that did Fire and Tiger King. Um, fire. Fire is also, I, I really enjoyed Fire because it's. Again, I think it's anything that anything that explores has, has somebody willing to suck cock for water. Not not so much that anything that explores things that just seem like they cannot be true really interests me. So like I love yeah. all of there's lots of John Ronson's. Uh, he doesn't do documentaries as such, but his books. I mean, he's done a few like podcast documentary things, but John Ronson stuff of the the obvious OG of documentaries and Louis Theroux. Like anything that just explores the, the, I guess the far, well, I suppose not so much the far reaches and the edges of society because I don't necessarily think like fire and stuff does that, but anything that's just so removed from the, the day-to-day reality um, is, is a really interesting take on stuff. And then there are other things like Free Solo is fantastic. I was going to say that there is a whole... I got deep into rock climbing documentaries for a while. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's... Uh, have you watched The Dawn Wall? No, you've told me uh, yeah. repeatedly to watch it. It's so fucking good. It's this, it, so it's the same cliff face as Free Solo, but it's a different route up it. Yeah, it's in Yosemite, right? Yeah, and it opens with like a hostage situation in like Kazakhstan or something. <laughs> it is it does, as fucking insane. Do. Obviously, Fourteen Peaks is another mountain climbing one. No, where this guy decides to climb the 
So the record for climbing the 14 highest peaks in the world was like seven years. Right. And he decided to beat it by doing it in six months. <laughs> That's quite the, um, quite the reduction, isn't it? So he does one of them hungover. And then there's a couple of mountains they barely talk about. Because the climb up one of the tallest mountains in the world was relatively uneventful. <laughs> it's just like, wow, cool. So for anybody else, that would be literally the peak, like the pinnacle of their achievement. The peak. And nice. this, yeah, thanks. And this, this, it doesn't even warrant a mention in a, in a documentary other than just like a caption on the screen. To be fair, we were a bit hungover when we did Snowden, so. Oh, yeah, true, true, but not quite. Basically, I don't think it's basically the same, man. I don't know what you're on about. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> There's uh, 47 Copper, which is a Welsh one. But yeah, I watched uh, so I watched Zappa at the Prince Charles Cinema yesterday, which mm. was a fucking brilliant documentary. With, with a Q&A from the director, who uh, I believe their Christian name is No, not Keanu Reeves from Bill and Ted. But it was... It was awesome, and it made me realise how uh, like pretentious I am when it comes to documentaries. Because what I really like, that I didn't necessarily realise I really liked, is when a documentary manages to tell like a narrative story without having purpose-written voiceover. Yeah. If that makes so, sense. So like the talking heads kind of do it. Yeah, so the, the, the interviews and the footage that's found is the driving thing behind the documentary. Yeah. Rather than, it was a Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, I recently watched, um, talking of music documentaries, there I watched um, uh, Wood, like Woodstock 1999. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I watched it on the, the plane coming back from the US, and it's, that was kind of, it, it was similar to fire festival i guess to an extent in that they clearly got a lot of things really wrong and um there was a lot of like uh i think limp biscuit were playing and like really inciting the crowd and there was <laughs> you, you said that like limp, they got a lot, a lot of things <laughs> wrong limp biscuit, limp biscuit played. played um yeah but there was like dramatic shortages of water they were on an old air base. It, one of the really interesting things about it was that it, because it was in 1999, people frequently, like, they just lost people that they were with because there was no way to, like, text someone to say, where are you? Which is a bizarre... Like, people were hanging out at, like, lost persons things for, like, a couple of days yeah. trying to find their friends because they just <laughs> didn't know where each other were. Lost person stands. Fucking yeah. hell. I watched a documentary called Boys State um, right. last week, which is fucked so it is I, I think they have one in every state where basically they get all of like these high achievers uh high achieving teens in and they do like a mock election yeah so over the course of a couple of days you're you've found a political party you've got to create your platform run for congress you elect all of the it's a way to understand how politics works yeah but it's basically a documentary of where Republicans come from. <laughs> and like some of the stuff that they come out with is just like, oh, this would be this would be funny if it wasn't exactly the way that politics works. Yeah. That does sound interesting though. I I also find it really interesting that that's such a thing in the US like like with um around like they do like the model UN stuff mm. and all of that kind of things and just kind of so, so yeah so so sitcoms tell me anyway well yeah this is it yeah but it does it does make me think that maybe we do that as well but we're not like high achieving enough to have been invited i don't know i remember we did like a um i remember a, there was an election whilst we were at school 
and oh, I was involved in that. Yeah, we uh, cr- we created the communist party. <laughs> I think I ended up on the Green Party somehow, but yeah, that was that was a, a a thing. But yeah, I don't know that we do. And they have like debate club and stuff, don't they? But uh... oh yeah, to, yeah, to, to debate stuff's huge in America. But also, again, like I just it, it's not an it's not a intellectual area that I am I am very involved with. All my letters don't get answered, and then I can't argue my way in because I'm not part of the debate team. <laughs> yeah, one uh, just to go back to musical documentaries. I one I haven't been able to bring myself to watch yet is the Beatles one because it's like as long as the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Oh God, uh, yeah, that was. Uh, I'm just going to say it now. I don't care for the Beatles. Uh, I like the Beatles. I'm not like a super fan. Um, and I appreciate I, I appreciate the pun as well. Yes, pun definitely made a pun there. What? Huh? Their na- the band name is a pun. Oh, the pun! I I you said that like you just one of us made a pun. No, as no, I, as I in like did. I appreciate the pun. Oh, I appreciate the pun, even though up until twelve months ago I didn't realize it was a pun. <laughs> it is why I think for the majority of my childhood I wrote Beatles wrong. As in when you were discussing like um, stag beetles, etc. Yeah. Stag and dung rather than John and Paul. <laughs> but but no, the like, thing I, is, I, who, who, who did write more songs out of stag and dung? That's, that's what I want to know. Oh, well, I could tell you who took all the credit for it. <laughs> Yoko Ono. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and then Rhino Beetle obviously went off to do uh, Thomas the Tank Engine. Uh, yeah. Uh, but no, like, I, I, I acknowledge that they are hugely influential and that is fine. Music wouldn't be the same without them. It doesn't mean I have to necessarily enjoy them. No, I mean, absolutely not. But the same way, I think Iron Maiden are pretty average. Iron Maiden put on a hell of a show. I'm sure they do. That is, that is my main uh, my main Iron Maiden comment. Although also, uh, isn't Bruce Dickinson like a massive Brexit, pro Brexit thing, isn't he? Probably. Yeah. But I think if you own your own plane that you can legally fly... Brexit doesn't impact you quite as much as other people. <laughs> oh, I don't think it impacted. But then he went, he went on bitching and moaning about not being able, about how much it was going to t- cost to tour in Europe after being pro Brexit. So, yeah. Anyway, there was a there was a I documentary digress. on them, a documentary on them called like Flight Six Six Six, which was supposed to be really good. Yeah. Which is yeah, he they realised that again, if you own a plane, you he just flew them from tour date to tour date. Yeah. There's also a Rush documentary, I think, that's supposed to be really good. Oh, nice. No. Did you ever watch the Sound City one, the Foo Fighters? Um, yes, and I went to the show they did in London. That was really good. Yeah, because they did an album off the back of it, didn't they? Yeah. Taylor Hawkins, rest in peace. Yeah, that came out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Really crap. Yeah. And Do now, you think gonna today, you think they... Dot Cotton as well. I mean, oh, where God, does it she... end? And she had just become the drummer for the Foo Fighters as well. No, <laughs> I mean, maybe it's, it's a hell. It's a hell of a mental image. It, it is, yeah. Doc yeah. Cotton just shredding the drums for the Foo Fighters. Yeah. Oh, talking of which, I'm going massive off topic again. Um, Jerry Jordison was left out of the in memoriam section on the Grammys yesterday, which seems ridiculous given he's also won a Grammy. Did he die like? Years ago? No, he died this year. Really? Mm. Well, last year, sorry. But in the calendar year of the Grammys since oh, the last sh- one. I, 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 I assumed it had been longer than that because this has been the longest year of my life. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fucked. 
Yeah. I know he's not everyone's style, but he is a hugely influential drummer. Well, arguably one of the best of all time as well. Yeah. There's a drumming documentary on Netflix as well, which I haven't watched. I think it's called Count Me In or something like that. Oh, nice. Because it keeps, it keeps, uh, obviously, I think a lot of people have watched it recently that also watch the stuff I do. So the, <laughs> the mighty and all powerful algorithm has just kind of constantly thrown it at me. Yeah. But yeah, basically, documentaries are great. Hmm. Follow up question If you could commission a documentary on a subject, what would it be? Um, oh, good question. Is, is, there, is there anything you're interested in that hasn't had like a proper documentary yet? Um, I guess there would be, um, I'd be quite interested in, and there must be something out there already, but nothing I'm aware of, but like um, Lego, sort of from the, the ground up, like, and how it's become the, I guess. It, it's interesting that Lego has persisted since its creation, has kept mm. its popularity etc um that could be interesting you'd obviously call it made of bricks nice. sort of the, the you grab a kate nash song for the uh intro um it's and off you go but yeah there's there's some interest especially around i don't know if you there's like the um lego ideas thing where people can build their own sets yeah. and submit them and then they get upvoted and then turned into real sets yeah because you get some really fucked up and weird shit up on there yeah, but then there's stuff like the there's like the Jaws boat and uh, Bruce and stuff and yeah. So yeah, yeah. why not Lego? Lego is interesting. I'd, I'd like a Lego documentary, even if even just for the puns, mm. like you said, it it would be called something, or they would just call it something lame like brick. Yeah, or piecing it together, or or something. Uh, like yeah, not alright with that. <laughs> not sure. Not 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 sure what I'd go for. To be honest. A good a good history of beer documentary would be interesting. Yeah. I remember there was a series of how, like, how beer changed the world. The Ian Harry's history section. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Oh, God. Uh, because there was a load of argument about um, without, without beer, the British Navy wouldn't have got to where they had. Nice. Because we, we, uh, we didn't drink water, we just drank the beer. We didn't catch as many diseases and shit like that. Yeah. And then also because of beer, someone linked together um buying or buying beer. Beer led to the development of glass. Right. Because you wanted to show the color of the beer in the glass. And then from glass you got lenses. And then from lenses it meant your clever people could work for a lot longer. Yeah. But yeah, something like that would be fun, you know. Good history documentary growing. Mm. Right? Right? Yeah, and it'd be called ferment- yeah. fermented, wouldn't it? Oh, some, something like that. Yeah, it would follow. Well, I think there is now. Uh... Oh, I'm trying to think of what the colloquial term for it be. Uh, a bake off. There is a bake off of beer. Oh, I mean, there's one for everything now. There's yeah, an interior that... design one on at the moment. I haven't watched that one. I watched the barbecue one last year because everybody I knew messaged me about oh, it. Oh, that one's brilliant. And I watched it in about a day. Oh, God, yeah. It is amazing. And it made me want to cook something in a pit in the garden. Yeah. But it was... Yeah, there is a beer one now. I think Ed... No, I don't think Ed Gamble. Somebody weird is involved in it. Let's, let's, let's find out, shall we? We shall. I bet it's going to be called Great British Brewer. It is not. Oh, here we go. It's called Beer Masters. Ah. 
and one of the judges is James Blunt. Obviously. Because obviously, when you, yeah, so Beer Masters, the search for Europe's next great beer. And it is James Blunt trying to discover Europe's best next beer. And you know what? I got time for that. Yeah. Why not? It's no forged in fire, but... It's no forged in fire, but I, I would I'd also watch James Blunt try to get his head around that. You want, you want someone to swing a sword around James Blunt's head, is that what you're saying? I mean, that's not what I said, but <laughs> if it makes for good TV, let's just go for it. Okay, so, as mm. we said, today's episode is movie plots that would make for a good documentary. Yes. Before we dive into our choices for this, uh, I think it is your, your, your turn for a movie recommendation nobody asked for. It is. I am going to go for, um, it is a documentary. It's one of, um, one of my favorite, I'd say it probably is one of my favorites, but it's done in such an interesting way that I think everyone needs to watch it. And oh, we're mentioning them again, but it's my Scientology movie by Louis Theroux. Um, it's, it's, such a, it's such a clever take on trying to like, I guess, explore the unexplorable. Because it's, it's not a documentary on Scientology. It's not. They kind of do like <laughs> recreations. Of, they're like, and they cast people as the yeah. members of the church. And there's one of the guys, I forget his name, who is basically like the guy that was on the inside who is now out and he's advising how everyone should act and what happened in these scenes. And then Luther and the team are kind of... Filming and re- these reenactments, and that's kind of how they they go through it and how they tell the story. So it's kind of a a bit of a backwards plot to what we're doing, right? Because it's actually a documentary that's trying to be a movie, if that makes sense. So yeah, yeah. and obviously, I mean, I would just also say anything that Louis Through has ever done because um, I am a huge, huge Louis Through fan. If, if you had to narrow it down to one, that isn't my Scientology movie. What would it be? Or let's go a bit broader. If it had to be a series. Um, of Louis, Louis Through ones. Louis Through ones, yeah. I would say. Because you had uh, Weird Weekends. Yeah. Louis Through Met or Meets. Yeah, there's all of those. There's weird. Yeah, there's. Um, I would probably say the, the most hated family in America and then also the follow up to mm. that. Because, again, it's one of those things that a lot of people didn't even realise this kind of insanity existed and then um yeah real deep dive into it but the really interesting one is the follow-up documentary which was like 10 12 years later where one of the girls who was you know very bought into the westboro baptist church has had left and all of that you know everything that came with that in terms of what she had to you know the fact that she's completely isolated from her family and but realized that you know the, the beliefs of the church were pretty fucked up and also that um i guess trying to integrate into mainstream society once kind of after having been indoctrinated to all of that so that's really interesting um but as a as a pairing i'd probably go for those two. nice nice i like it i like it and uh, if you if you aren't in the mood for a uh, Louis Three documentary, mm. is there is there anything else people might want to want to watch? Yeah, I would say. I mean, actually, funny enough, Louis Three would would be quite interested in in hopping over to Sweden and really getting in, ingrained into what these people are about. I'm of course talking about Midsummer, the Haga, 
I'm really understanding what you know this kind of counterculture is is like from the inside. We don't get to see Louis through do it. We see a bunch of um, American PhD students doing it. Chidi's there, as is Florence Pugh. Uh, I, th- I think I think you'll find his name is Chidi from the Good Place. <laughs> and it's um, yeah, it's great. It's a masterpiece. We've said it before. We'll say it again. Watch Midsummer. Nice. And then on that note. I believe it's my choice first. It is. My choice, then. Mm. And for this choice, immediately, we are having a wonderful game of Choose Your Own Adventure. Excellent. Um, do you want this to be a documentary on American football or football football? Oh. Football football. Just to football, test football. your knowledge. Okay. Da, 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 da. Delete. <laughs> So this first choice is uh, so this is going to be this is going to be a sport documentary. Yep. Um, so I'm thinking kind of thirty for thirty. So thirty thirty is an ESPN documentary. Well, not Sir Brand. Yeah, I guess you'd call it a brand. It's um, it's basically it's, the whatever any ESPN documentary is, right? Comes under thirty. Yeah. 30. So the the original plan was on their thirtieth birthday or the year of their thirtieth birthday they released 30 documentaries. Thus, 30 for 30. Now, there's a lot more than 30, and they're not coming out that year. So as a naming convention, it was immediately redundant. But there's been some... like I think some of my favourite documentaries are 30 for 30 documentaries. They're, they're always very well done, and because they get different uh, directors and documentarians in, they all have kind of a different vibe and feel to them. So... We've mentioned some of these, I think, in passing before, but like the band that wouldn't die, which is about a marching band that was left after their NFL team relocated. Yeah. Small Potatoes, which is about oh, Small Potatoes, who killed the USFL, which was a competitor league to the NFL that Donald Trump had a massive part in tanking. The Best That Never Was, which looks at a college footballer who never quite made it. Um, you don't know Bo, which is about Bo Jackson, um, and watching that made me properly recalibrate how I think of athletes, um, just because he was such kind of another level. Of Miracles and Men, which is about the uh, the miracle on ice, which was where the U.S. team in um, the Winter Olympics beat the Soviet Union, but it's told from the Russian perspective, which I think is really interesting because you never really get. A documentary sold from told from the losing side. We watched that, it's didn't always... we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, the but the thing in that one as well is just the insanity from the like whole because it was like a proxy to the Cold War as well, right? And it was like all 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 of the Soviet Union team were like serving military. Yeah, and they were they yeah. were basically put in training camps and not able to yeah. see their families. And the guy like had never seen the guy that was the coach had never watched ice hockey before but just taught it all from the rule book or something it's it's crazy yeah and then there's also one called the good the bad and the hungry which i think we've talked about before which is about competitive eating and predominantly features an american professional eater called joey chestnut <laughs> excellent and it makes you feel it is so there's weird a very obviously it's not a 30 30 but there's um Talking of professional eating, wasn't one of the home game things a chili eating? 
contest. Uh, I don't think it was Home Game. I think it was another similar series they did. Yeah. Well, Home Game was fantastic um, as well. Game Chain? No. Yeah. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I watched that and that did not make me feel very that that made me feel I got I think I got indigestion on behalf of the people in that show. Because there was a guy that he was like breeding the highest. They were breeding chilies that weren't like actually they they were extremely high on the Scoville rating, but they weren't like officially graded or whatever. So it was kind of like nuclear level chilies, but you couldn't actually say like the hottest one in the world is the Carolina Reaper, right? But these were hotter than the Carolina Reaper, but no one had graded them. So it was kind of like a, this dude like crossing a Carolina Reaper in a ghost pepper or something. Horrendous. It's like cu- culinary breaking bad, basically. Yeah, basically. Less, um, less, less, less people getting shot. Probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the home game ones are insane as well. Because again, we, we talk about it all the fucking time, but the. Florence? Yeah, Florin- Florentine football rugby MMA. Yeah, which I think just translates to, like, the game or something along those lines. Yeah, and, and you can only yeah. play for where you were born and all this kind of stuff. It's, it's really interesting. I'd love to go and see it sometime. Oh, God, it, it looks brutal. Um, but yeah, so kind of, uh, like I said, there's a lot of sporting documentaries. We've already talked about kind of the, the weird sub- subgenre of rock climbing. But today, just for Graham, uh, we're going to have a a football documentary. So this is a documentary following uh, a guy called uh, Danny Meehan, who, as you know, is uh, a retired footballer and former captain of England. Uh, But he was banned from football for fixing an unspecified match that was played against Germany. He kind of goes a bit off the rails. Um, He gets arrested after drinking at a local bar and I think drink driving um, and he gets put into prison and when he's in prison he leads a team of convicts against the guards uh, so I am of course talking about 2001's Mean Machine which is uh, a remake of The Longest Yard from 1974 and I didn't realise came out before the Adam Sandler one uh no i thought the adam sandler one was first yeah so mean machine was the first remake of the longest yard and then the longest yard is a remake of mean machine which is a lot me remake of the longest yard uh, pr- probably not I, I think longest yard was also a remake of the longest yard but it, i think it probably was inspired by mean machine being a so it's a remake of the longest yard which was inspired by mean machine which was the longest yeah mean machine uh so yeah the the team in it are called mean machine the documentary would be called Mean Machine. I think it would just be very interesting because it is like the, at the bare bones of it. That is a fascinating story. I, I was very close to doing um, what over here is called Escape to Victory. I think in America it was just called Victory, which is basically the same plot. But it's prisoners of war in the Second World War versus Nazi camp people. Yeah. Um, is that the one that's got Pele in it? Yeah. Pele and obviously Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> Uh, so I think someone, uh, I remember reading a review of it where it was, uh, the actors can't play football and the footballers can't act. Yeah. Speaking of footballers who can't act, Mean Machine stars Vinnie Jones. <laughs> uh, which, like, I forgot, he's turned up in a load of films I've watched recently because apparently I've just been watching films from like the mid to late noughties. But that was a weird part in our collective history. Yeah, it definitely, like, um, 
the timeline convert uh, diverged, didn't it, from Vinnie Jones the footballer to Vinnie Jones the uh, the actor. Yeah, was yeah. Lockstock, so he... his first, the first thing he did. So Lockstock was the first thing he did. Yeah, which he did while still technically playing football. Yeah. Um. So I think he played. I don't know why. I said that was thing, impressive. Have... That was impressive because I didn't see him his feet uh, kicking the ball around whilst he was doing it. Hey. Oh yeah, you no, meant whilst he was... was still employed as a footballer. Oh. Uh, it was all. It was all CGI. <laughs> uh. So he was. Uh. I don't. Well, I don't know when he got booted off the team but he was at least kind of on the qpr books then i think yeah it's definitely the tail end of his career because he, he made his name at wimbledon yeah so he did uh lockstock gone in 60 seconds snatch uh swordfish do you remember swordfish it was the awful john travolta hacking movie halle berry's in it as well is she halle berry's in it yeah yeah and uh hugh jackman yeah it's it's hacking for people that have never used a computer before basically yeah like it, it's even more unbelievable than that hacking scene in jurassic park which is just like the video game of them going around pyramids yeah uh, uh, uh. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> uh, but yeah like he was in he was in a fuckload of films and i mean he's still kind of appearing in things but now he seems to predominantly be appearing in films called like rise of the foot soldier and yeah, I don't know. I don't know why we let this happen, guys. Basically, that's uh, that's my main main takeaway there. But yeah, I just think it's it'll be an interesting uh, documentary. Kind of from what you said as well, it feels so unbelievable because it's a film. Yeah, but it, it's such like an unbelievable prospect that a documentary of it would be fascinating. And then you also factor in that there was a shitload of corruption involved and things like that. So the warden was crooked and bribing people and like, yeah. someone's uh there's a contract kill at some point in the movie but they get the wrong guy and it's all it is also very over the top but then also has the sporting achievement of it all as well and that for me that is that that's my jam i'd i'd quite enjoy um jason statham's character he, all of his talking head bits being like the bits that he imagined he did rather than what he actually <laughs> did. So you've got him kind of going through about how he like, you know, punched everyone and everything. And then Vinnie Jones sat down saying, well, actually it didn't quite go down like that, but we're not going to tell him um, that he's wrong kind of thing. That would be quite a good uh, little, uh, little piece in that as well. Yeah. No one, yeah. No one wants to tell him he made yeah. it all up, <laughs> but yeah, so it, it would just, just be your classic sports documentary. Really? Like you said, it would, have, it would be, it'd be talking heads. It would be talking about his time as England captain, his downfall, um, all of that, and then focusing on the kind of the team where they are now. Obviously, you'd get the great thing that you get at the end of a lot of sports documentaries <laughs> of the like photo and then the line of where they are now. Yeah, Danny Meehan coaches uh, under fifteens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds about right. Uh, Jason Statham, whatever his character's name it is, is is still Monk. S- still serving consecutive life sentences. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I i do i do i i do like that sometimes in prison movies where in a prison movie i feel like they have to somehow tell you what they're in prison for yeah because otherwise you're just like oh really like this guy and then you know it'll turn out it's like oh, oh they killed a load of kids yeah not right. not to bring everything back to louis theroux but there's some interesting 
pieces in some of his like Miami Mega Jail documentaries and stuff where he's talking to people who seem actually quite well adjusted and yeah. then you find out that exactly that is like, oh, what are you in for and it's like this dude talking about how he stabbed his mum to death because he was jealous that oh, she was yeah. with his dad and stuff like that and it's just like oh okay then but talking yeah. about it in the same way that if I said to you you know how you know how was uh, how was your weekend and you were telling me about going to the cinema like he yeah. the, the 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 conversation is just like yeah that was a that, it's 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 all the more terrifying because of that i look forward to us bringing louis through back into every section of this podcast <laughs> your choice my choice thank you thank you very much thank you no very stop much. stop the applause please stop no yes uh, so yeah i my first film is a documentary so it, I guess it kind of follows yours a little bit because there is an element of it being a sports documentary of sorts, but it also veers quite quickly into true crime and really an analysis on, um, I guess, the addiction to sports betting and I guess the addiction of kind of chasing money as well. well that all kind of comes into it. And it's a really interesting... I mean, the film itself we'll get into but is really really interesting in the sense that it brings all of these elements together and is i mean one of my bullet points here in capital letters is just it is so tense if you haven't guessed already it is the safety brothers 2019 masterpiece uncut gems more, more tense than fire festival am i right <laughs> Banter. yeah it, it is one of the given i am a self-proclaimed lover of horror films Uncut Gems is the tensest film I have ever watched. Yeah, I I I don't disagree with that. Like it, it it felt like someone had my heart in like a vice grip the entire entirety of it. I mean, just in kind of thinking about and talking about it, my I I have realised that my fingernails were like digging into my leg. No, 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 no. no. I I started getting. I, I I started just like flexing. It was weird. Um, have you watched anything else they've done? No, I haven't. I need to. Though you mentioned one the other week, actually. Good, yeah, good, good. I watched Good Time the other day. Was it? After it was so fucking good, but it is also similarly tense. Okay. It's um no no sport in this one, but um the only thing that let Good Time down is one of the Safdie brothers is in it, and he is not that good an actor. Incredible director and writer. Not that good an actor. So ah, like Eli, Eli Quint- Roth, Tarantino Quentin Tarantino syndrome. syndrome. Yeah, there we go. Oh, we get to. We'll, we'll be on a podcast. Fucking, 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 Although he's not, he, is he in that one? One of obviously Eli Roth is, but yeah, Tarantino must have had a cameo. I don't think some role. I don't know. that one. Interesting. Samuel Jackson does as the narrator for the Colonel Stiglitz bit. Yes, yeah. And ah, uh, nice segue because the person that was meant to play Eli Roth's character is in this movie. Um, obviously, the, bas- the basketball player. <laughs> Kevin Garnett. Uh, that's, that's the lad. Yeah, we uh, we've had this conversation before about Kevin Garnett and his many many uh, accomplishments, haven't we? Oh, was it him? I'm pretty sure it was. 
Or was it Kevin Durant? Oh. One of the two. I, I, I'm not sure. I will find out because I, I made an audiogram of that at some point just to really <laughs> highlight how little I know about basketball. I would just like to point out that during the recording of this episode, Graham sent me a screenshot of all the things Dwayne Wade has done in his career. Um, I'm a deeply stupid man. Um, I'm not very aware of things out of a very small bubble that involves mainly myself drinking rugby and specifically the people on my fantasy football team. Um, and that's kind of it. Um, would, so would, I apologise. Would you like to um, would you like to share with the class some of um, some of Dwayne Wade's career highlights? So Dwayne Wade, who um, I, I I wrote off. Um, I'll actually you know what, I'll put back in the quote. So Dwayne Wade, who I said this about. Oh, and Dwayne Wade, obviously Dwayne Wade, whoever Dwayne Wade is, has three NBA championships. He was an NBA Finals MVP, a 13 NBA All-Star, two times All-NBA First Team. He was the NBA scoring champion in 2009. The Miami Heat, who I'm obviously a deep, deep fan of, <laughs> retired his number. Yeah. So, um... Sorry? <laughs> I'll do a I'll, I'll do a basketball-themed episode at some point. I don't know, just me. Like, the Dwayne Wade apology episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this I think this would kind of follow the kind of similar documentary style to something like the Bad Vegan thing in the sense that it is just completely wild. There are so many twists and turns. You've kind of got the bits where things look like they're going to go okay and then you get the bets being pulled out from underneath and then things are going okay again but then you've got the value of the stone being devalued you've got there's arguably kind of going down this like supernatural element because the whole idea that the reason kevin garnett wanted to hang on to the opal was because it was like good luck and he played really well when he had hold of it and i think there's probably a kind of a segue into like the origins of the opal and kind of going back to where they dug it and that could be quite an interesting piece that's how the film starts yeah that's how it starts yeah yeah digging it up and for uh just just for a public service announcement here Mm. uh we are going to ruin probably the majority of the film apart from the last five minutes yeah i won't talk uh, about the last five minutes (laughs) what won't ruin anything sound like we're talking in a lot of detail but you still need to watch uncut gems as soon as you fucking can absolutely uh, and then give you give yourself enough time that you can then fit in like a emperor's new groove or a chicken run or something afterwards yeah or if you've only got like 25 minutes like a i don't know some kind of your favorite episode of the office something like that just a little yeah, like something a, a mind a cleanser yeah a sorbet oh, for the mind <laughs> there's a there is a reddit a subreddit called i think i bleach yeah which is the idea it's just really uplifting nice sweet things to watch after you've seen something fucked up so maybe just if you've yeah if you've only got 10 minutes scroll just scroll through that yeah you'll be fine you also have the kind of draw of like the celebrity element as well so we've already mentioned kevin got Kevin Garnett, who plays himself in the movie, um, and you've also got the weekend, or sorry, the weekend, uh, sorry, uh, the weekend, 
weakened, weakened. who uh, also plays himself in the movie. And so there's those elements of bringing that in. I'm sure it will kind of flash up on the screen with like the weakened wasn't available for comment or something. Uh, Kevin Garnett still wishes that he'd have had hold of the Opal. Um, but yeah, I think it's just one of those films that has, I mean, it packs so much into its runtime and also um from so many different angles as mentioned the sports mentioned the sort of true crime elements there's bits of like mob bosses getting involved there's the um there's the uh, extramarital affairs i mean this it has it all it's the kind of thing that like a true crime documentary i mean you could you could imagine it as um as the next episode the next series of serial right like that's that's as much stuff as it has packed yeah. into it or or what uh, the next i was i'm trying to find the name of the documentary series uh untold i don't think i've seen that so Un- untold is the netflix series of documentary films that had so like malice in the palace um i can't remember the name but it had the uh the hockey team that was owned by like a gangster right like the danbury trashes um now let me find the name of that documentary uh crimes and penalties nice. so it's a documentary about the danbury trashes which basically this uh mob boss who i think was the basis for a character in the sopranos possibly <gasps> i thought you said the bassist <laughs> The bassist in The Sopranos, <laughs> yeah, who were this gangster-themed uh, rock band. Uh, no, so uh, I, ironically, I think... all all um, all sang falsetto. <laughs> nice. I see, I see what you did there. Um, I the funniest yeah, it, thing it, about it is I know that their ways of singing. No idea what either of them means. <laughs> yeah, something about alto. Uh, but yeah, it, it's uh, it's a series, basically a series of documentaries centered around sport with some fucked up shit around it. So I feel mm. like this would untold uncut gems seems to fit quite well. Or would you focus on the what would you have as like the central is it a sport documentary that also has crime or is it a crime documentary that also has sport? I think I think it's probably more focused on the crime elements but then you're like oh. oh my god and then Kevin Garnett was involved and oh my god then it was the weekend and we saw the weekend on the weekend and all of this kind of stuff also really annoyed you kept talking earlier because I was going to make an auto body experience joke but I, I didn't have time but there you go that's uh, there, there that's, we, we'll uh, throw it in I like it I like it a lot <laughs> uh, yeah no I, I that, that does make a lot of sense there's not a lot I can add to that, actually. That is just a very good documentary idea. Yeah, I'd, I'd actually... I mean, obviously, the fact that it's not a true story is, is sort of the issue why it well, can't be a documentary. But I'd love to watch a documentary on it. Or like a, yeah. fake, a fake documentary, like, companion piece to the movie. That would be fun. Has anyone ever done something like that? I know, I know we've got lots of mockumentaries, but, like... I'm not sure. I, I, there's a couple of... I, I've seen a couple of, like, documentaries on fake subjects. Yeah. Or set well, in like alter. like um, Wales winning the World Cup. Uh, I was wondering which one you were going to go for. It was that or Viking Super Bowl. <laughs> um, no, there's one on like I think if all the men died. Okay. A documentary set after all that happened, and things like that. But I, I don't think I don't think there has ever been a non-fiction or a fictional 
non-fiction documentary companion piece to a film. So we, we might be pioneering a new genre. We should do this. Maybe this is our in this is our inroad into the movie industry. Oh, what, rewriting Uncut Gems as a documentary. Yeah, or any of the other films we talk about today. Yeah, fuck it. Let's let's, let's go for it. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's no issues around sort of intellectual property. It'd be fine. No, no, no. no. We'll, we'll just pick a different basketball player from that time. Yeah, a, a just a, a different guy, mostly known for comedy. So I don't know. We'll get fucking Kevin James. And then, and then LeBron James, and they can be yeah. like <laughs> the James's cousin LeBron. Yeah, easy, fucking it's, easy. It's not an opal. It's a ruby. It's not the weekend. It's not sorry. It's not the weekend. It's not the weekend. It's, it's Drake. That's another sort of fuck it. Drake. Drake. Nothing. We'll get Drake in there. Yeah, which then means it's not set in New York. It'll be set in like fucking Canada. Yeah. Um. So that helps because that's another easy. thing that's different. Uh, yeah, and then what? I, what I do enjoy, and I'll beep this entire part out. Kevin J. <laughs> not, 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 not a fan of his. I've let me check. Is he Paul Blart? Yes. Yeah, he's not really ever done anything good, has he? No, his career is basically built on. He's played Sean McVeigh in a film, which is a family film mm. about the repercussions of the Bounty Gate scandal. Yeah. Because after that, after he took a year off, re- re- very aware that inverted commas don't work in a oh, we could hear podcast it, medium. Yeah, I, I like to think you could. He after he took a year off, uh, bracket because he is a massive cheat and got caught out for it. Close brackets. He coached his kids like pee wee football team or something. Sean McVeck, not Sean Payton. You mean Sean Payton, don't you? Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, sorry, <laughs> Sean Payton. Sean McVeigh seems a nice guy. <laughs> uh, Super Bowl winning coach of the Rams, not Sean Payton, who was involved in the Bounty Gates game. I was going to say, I was just like, was Sean McVeigh like? Was he like one of the one of the uh, coaches or something? But no, it was uh, just just a hilarious misunderstanding. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Uh, I I apologise to all of the incorrect Sean's. Um, but yeah, I like it. I don't like the Sean or Paul. Sean Paul. Sean Paul. <laughs> Fucking hell. That's a... Sean Paul that... and Blue Gondrell. Remix gonna oh, make your head say, swell. <laughs> That's all I know of that song. And we're ending it there. <laughs> Good times. Sean Paul, we, we, we mentioned this a lot. Like, by a lot, I mean twice, which is more than anyone else has ever talked about it. Sean Paul was a character on Def Jam Vendetta, right? Yes, I think so. Yeah. That was was yeah, it was good fun. Though. Oh, it was it was a great game. It's also one of those ones where I think if you go back and play it now, it's it's dirt. Oh, like there was a dra- yeah. there was a Jurassic Park fighting game where you could play as dinosaurs, right? Which I remember being the best game ever made. But if you play it now, it's going to be like really clunky and shit. Well, I mean, I I don't go near um, Goldeneye. Oh, don't! <laughs> it's, it, it, it's it's heartbreaking. <laughs> Uh, my next choice then, mm. and uh, let me just double check what. Uh, no, both both of my ones now kind of have a bit of a true crime element to it. So, first up, this is a documentary about an attempted prison escape. So you could uh, you'd kind of be centered on 
uh, the character i think who saved the day but you could also you know there's a lot of criminals you can focus kind of a bit of time on so for example garland green better known as the marietta mangler nathan diamond dog jones who uh, was a black nationalist convicted for terrorism uh you have joe pinball parker who was a drug dealer uh, a guy who I always forget is just called Swamp Thing. Do you think there's, as as part of, like, you know, um, graduating from criminal college, do you think, like, as, as, you, as you kind of go up and do the handshake and receive your diploma, you get your nickname bestowed upon you then? No, so I think it's more like the obvious comparison of racehorses and actors. So I, I think you'll have to, like, I'm assuming there's a criminal union um, and you have to apply for your name, but it can't be a name anyone else has got. So that's right. why I'm assuming that is why I think now criminal names are really weird. Like that rapper who got arrested, which was which had one? like letters. It was it was I triple X seventy something sixty something six was it sixty nine sixty nine but like with sixes in it or something yeah. There was that triple, is it triple extension as well? Or like XX extension? One of them got arrested. I think one of them got shot. I'm not sure which way around. Yeah, something like that. But I think that's why like criminal names have got so weird and why these guys could just get away with Swamp Thing. And Ramon Sally Can't Dance Martinez. (laughs) Don't remember that nickname. Uh, But it is most most known for Cyrus the Virus Grissom. Grisham. Yeah. who I think it will be kind of one of the centerpieces of it. So he is a highly intelligent career criminal and is the mastermind behind the escape plot, um, which also cool. involves him creating a bomb in his prison room. So we are, of course, talking about uh, a documentary based on Con Air. Just to really, really quickly before we get into Con Air, because it's an amazing, amazing film. Talking about the whole, like, actors needing to claim their names and stuff. Did you ever read about the Brian Cox thing? As in the Uh, actor, not the professor. No, no, I did not. So apparently he was, I can't remember where they, he wrote to it, but basically he was thinking about changing his name from Brian Cox because someone had already like registered wherever you register your name as an actor with as Brian Cox. And he wrote a letter to them begging for him to be able to use Brian Cox. Turns out that he forgot that he'd already registered himself as Brian Cox. So (laughs) was essentially writing, begging to himself to be able to use his own name. That is, that's, that's fucking amazing. I know. um, (laughs) So do you know what Michael Keaton's real name is? No, I do not. Michael Douglas. Oh, really? Yeah. So Michael Keaton's actually no, actual name is Michael Douglas. Brilliant. But, yeah, so Conair. Yeah, sorry, Conair. So Conair is a documentary I think really works for the simple reason that the plot of uh, Conair is fucking insane. And because it is uh, in this weird alternate universe, a thing that actually happened, there's also going to be a whole section of the the documentary which the film doesn't comment on. So Let me guess. Is it the fact that he would have never gone to prison in the first place? Uh... No, oh. but we're going to come on to that, believe me. <laughs> the part of the documentary, which... Do you want to cover this? It is... Tall, it, is uh, it would be the end of the documentary. So shall we come on to it at the end of the section? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so 
Let, let, let's address your point there. The main character or the main talking head in the documentary is obviously going to be Cameron Poe, who is played by, um, you know, Nicolas Cage, the actor. Hey. Yeah, yeah, but very, very good. I think we've talked about him once or twice. Uh, who is a former army ranger who is in prison for, in self-defense, killing, I think, just one person in a fight after, like, three people try to sexually yeah. assault his wife and kill him. So, yeah, I've talked about this on at least three different podcasts now, I think. But Cameron Poe would not have gone to prison. No. There, is, there isn't a world where, especially in America where he is a former army ranger, would anybody send him to prison? Like, No, I, I agree. I do think, though, you, I don't think he would be your main talking head. I think his daughter would be. Oh, tr- yeah. True, true. Obviously grown up, not as a, yeah. as a toddler. Ah, so you're, you're, you're seeing this taking place a lot, lot later. Yeah, you know, once the, it's like the fight to clear his name kind of thing. That's, that's how I'm envisioning it. Okay, okay, yeah, I can see that. So... Cameron uh, Poe is uh, oh fucking hell he's in prison for eight years where I think all he does is grow his hair out and do sit ups uh, and then he is uh, put on a prison transport plane so he can be released but for some reason that plane is also being used to transfer like the entire occupants of a supermax or I think they're transferring people to a new supermax prison so they've got a load of like dangerous criminals on there, which then also makes you think like, wouldn't you just if you just had a dude who's on there basically for admin reasons, you'd probably just stick him on a bus. Yeah, yeah. So the documentary would follow uh, follow Cameron Poe, kind of the story of what happened to him previously. You'd probably then, like you correctly said, talk about the failings of the criminal justice system as to why this guy was in prison anyway. Uh, you would look into Cyrus the Virus, so John Malkovich's character, where he came from, what the plan was to escape. And then you would, yeah, you would go through this incredibly over-the-top, high-stakes prison escape that involves these prisoners taking over a plane, the betrayal, the, the stabbing in the back and everything like that. Uh, and then, yeah, if it, it just... It would just work. It is so like crazy, stupid, over the top that it makes for, I think, a really interesting documentary. Uh, the part which we would cover, which the film doesn't, is any other guesses? Now it's not uh, um, failings of the justice system. No, uh, it, no, not off the top of my head. Okay. Uh, collateral damage. Because the end of Conair basically involves them destroying the entire city of Las Vegas. Yeah, this is a fair point. So after, I, I, I think, the uh, one of the helicopters that's following them uh, damages the plane's fuel tank. So Swamp Thing lands on the Las Vegas Strip. And I would say hundreds of people would have died. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Like, and that, that's even just the fact that it crashes into a casino. Like, that's not factoring in people in cars, people just on the, the, the road next to it. The structural damage of the casino alone is probably going to mean there's going to be a lot of uh, kind of issues there. But just, a, just just an idea of what happened in, like, the immediate 10 minutes after the film ended. Yeah. Like, after 
John Cusack's character, who's not really law enforcement, his job seems to be prison logistics, uh, goes up to the police and it's like, oh, what happened to Cameron Poe? We've got to take a witness statement. And he says, oh, I just kind of sent him home. Yeah, it's quite like quite similar to the end of um, uh, Point Break, isn't it? It was just like, yeah, you know, you, you can go off. I mean, less yeah. less death by waves, but still. We'll get him when he comes back. <laughs> He's not coming back. Um, no, uh, no spoiler clacks in there, as you may have noticed as well, because Con Air came out in 1997. And I think if you're listening to this, you, we've kind of... You should have expected Con Air was going to be talked about at some point. And you're also probably the kind of person who would have watched Con Air already. So have, I didn't really even it. worry about what would happen. I'm I'm envisioning you're going to have to have someone on from like AIG or some other big insurance company at the end, just talking through the um, you know how much it actually ended up costing um, in insurance payouts to um, I can't remember which casino they crash into actually, or whether it's obviously named. But yeah, there's they definitely have to have someone that kind of um, goes through that because that's one of those big like shocking numbers that they can bring up at the end. And you mentioned... I, I'm literally just Googling Conair collateral damage. <laughs> you mentioned um, John Cusack, and I'm glad you did, because his name in the film is Vince Larkin. The protagonist, the main protagonist, is obviously Nicolas Cage, who is Cameron Poe. So you have the surnames Larkin and Poe, and there's a very good band called Larkin Poe, who I thought initially were called Larkin Poe, and had taken some, what well, they are called Larkin Poe, but had taken some inspiration to be named Larkin Poe from watching Con Air. Turns out, absolutely none. No, none? Nope. Nothing to ah. do with it. At all. Ah. Yeah. I still, I still assumed they were. <laughs> do you know what they were named after? Uh, I'm not sure, because I looked it up ages ago, realised it wasn't to do with um, Con Air, and then realised, I guess, figured out that I don't need this fact in my head anymore. So um, I can look can look it up but it's not Connor. uh so the plane crashed into the sands casino mm. uh, which was due to be bulldozed so the filmmakers convinced the casino's owners to allow them to help with the demolition job by shoving a plane into it <laughs> nice. so yeah I, that, that i managed to find that from trying to find somewhere the because like the internet is the internet is great for that kind of shit like there's, I remember reading about someone's mocked up how much money has been spent to save Matt Damon. Right. Which is into like the billions of dollars. Yes. I think we've spoken about this before. Um, and I, I think so. And for, for your um, reference, um, Larkin Poe, named after the sister's great, great, great grandfather, who was a distant cousin of writer Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, so he was named after Connor? <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. Okay, good. The, their great, good, good, great, good great, to know. great grandfather was a really big Nicolas Cage fan. Really, yeah, a preemptive Nicolas Cage, <laughs> preemptive fan. Nicolas Cage fan. Yeah, just, just on his deathbed. At some point, a film called Conair will be released. Can you imagine being like that? You're not Tradamus, but that's the kind of stuff that you predict. <laughs> Nicolas Cage films. Oh, just really niche. And then he will go on to make a film set on a boat. <laughs> he will take his face off. Uh, yeah, I mean, to be fair, that is a documentary I would watch. Just like Nostradamus, but the straight-to-video version. <laughs> so the, 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 the real difficult thing with picking a documentary was just which Nicolas Cage film I would have picked. 
because there are so many Nicolas Cage films that would lend themselves to this kind of format. Um, a lot of them be made in a row. So, you know, The Rock, Con Air, Face Off. The I National was... Treasure movies would have made a good uh, documentary series. Yeah, just because they were like, and it was written on the back of the... The, yeah. the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, I think that and the um, the Rock was one that I was definitely considering. But um, yeah. given that you did Connor, I mean, I I was basically considering The Rock and your next film as well were part of my consideration. Yeah. And I'd forgotten what you'd picked, and then went to say this is what I'm picking, and realised well, I probably shouldn't do those. Two. Uh, I mean, we could we could have just done that. We should have just all picked Nicholas Cage films. Yeah, true. All the of Wicker us. Man, proper true crime. All of us, me, you, and Nicolas Cage. Um, the, uh, yeah, a, a true crime expose on the Wicker Man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Con Air, uh, it, would, it would work. It would be great. It would help us explore the massive loss of life, which is completely swept under the carpet by John Cusack. What's your next choice? My next choice. So veering away from... Veering away from um, kind of sports and true crime, I, I don't know, maybe there's, I guess there's some elements of true crime in here, but we're really getting into the um, the world of, of workplace documentaries. And there's been a few that have cropped up in recent times. I think there's a interesting WeWork one that I've not seen yet. Oh, that's supposed to be very, very good. Yeah. Um, I, li- I listened to a podcast series on it and you don't realise how one how massive WeWork was, and two, how fucked up WeWork was. Yeah. Yeah, there's... um, I mean, WeWork was a really interesting thing anyway, right? Because the guy was, as far as I can tell, like, really not fit for purpose, but also they got big at completely the wrong time because of the pandemic. Well, you know who's playing him in, or is currently playing him in, like, a mini-series on Apple TV? Um... I do, but I can't remember off the top of my head. So, so who would you cast as uh, cult leader? I guess Jared Leto. Yep. <laughs> so Jared Leto very accurately cast as the we the WeWork dude. Um, but please continue, continue. So yeah, like I think workplace documentaries are interesting, especially where there's kind of con- controversy and um, and kind of things that you think. Uh, wow, that's happening at someone's work. And then there was, I don't know if you ever watched this, but I reckon it's probably going back five or six years ago now, maybe more. There was a, I want to say Channel 4, and it was like, it was kind of bridged the gap between workplace documentary and maybe a little bit of reality, leaning towards reality TV, but it was called The Call Centre. It was set in Swansea. No, I, I don't remember that. Pretty sure it was called the Call Center. Uh, uh, yeah, and it was um, headed up by this guy called Nev, who a uh, big Welsh dude that was running the Call Center. It was BBC Three, sorry, not the um, not the uh, uh, Channel Four. Yeah, I feel like this can take a lot of uh, this movie into documentary can take a lot. It's it's kind of I guess alongside to a degree, but it takes a bit of a left turn as we'll discuss later. Um, but this is also set in a call centre. So it's kind of like BBC call centre, Nev, Swansea vibes, but um, we're set in um, uh, Detroit 
instead. And that is, of course, if you hadn't guessed yet, the absolutely wonderful and insanely bonkers uh, Sorry to Bother You. I... I th- we 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 that is the correct response to that movie <laughs> right um, no i was gonna say we we need to uh there, there preemptively has to be a spoiler klaxon i think yeah there absolutely does um because I, I think i think we could talk up to a point yeah and then we have to spoil a klaxon and then we will be ruining the movie yeah and you can't have if you don't know what we're talking about already don't have it ruined for you. Because... No, because there's... And I'll tell you this now. There is not a single chance you would ever guess it. You wouldn't guess that this is where this film is going. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll come on to that. But So, Sorry to Bother You is, is set in a call centre. It follows Lakeith Stanfield's character, who is Cassius Cash Green. Um, <laughs> which is an interesting name for someone who is... Well, who's chasing money is a little bit on the nose, isn't it? But he's like living in a, um, I think in a garage of his uncle's and struggling to pay rent, but but trying to get a job. He's he's like a struggling artist. Oh, sorry. His girlfriend is a struggling artist. And he gets a job as a telemarketer. And I guess this whole, there's a whole really interesting bit at the beginning of this documentary. And actually, I maybe liken this a little bit to S-Town, the podcast series in that this documentary would probably set out to explore um call centers it would set out to explore i guess the um uh, racial stereotyping that comes into it because there's this whole thread through the beginning of the movie where in order to succeed cassius needs to put on his white voice when he's speaking to people which is david cross uh oh it may well be um, I'm yeah. not sure. So I think Patton Oswald does someone's. Yeah, he's David Cross. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so and that's and that's in 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 and of itself would be a really interesting thread to like run through, right? The kind of even in a non face to face atmosphere that these racial prejudices exist in in the US, and that you need to kind that's of adopt a... a white persona in order to to be successful in the career, etc. So that would be a really interesting exploratory expose well, that, of a documentary that feels like a louis through documentary in itself yeah i agree of him, him looking at the like you said kind of the discrimination people have when it comes to receiving calls from call centers because i know it is uh it is an over-the-top comedy but that that has to have its basis in truth i'm sure there must be yeah um to and- an extent to yeah, to an extent, <laughs> which which we will come on to in a moment. Well, yeah, which we will come on to now. So I think, um, yeah, that's that's the that's the basis. We both just did the same hat gesture. We, at the we same did, time. yeah. That's um, weird. <laughs> so that I think that's the basis for all of this, and that's that's kind of your S town, right? S town sets out to do something, and then everything takes a wild left turn and becomes even more interesting. So. Yeah, I guess, spoiler alert, Klaxon. Spoiler Klaxon. Now. Spoilers ahead. Warning. Spoilers ahead. Warning. Seriously, we're going to be talking about everything. Horses. Horses! I believe, I believe they are, um, what is the actual name? Are they Equa? 
Equisapiens. Equisapiens. I, I, I loaded up Wikipedia just to find out that term as well. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, kind of everything is, is kind of gathering pace and Cash is getting more, um, I guess, uh, successful within the business. And then we guess, you know, again, all of this is going to be done through talking heads, etc. And then he basically, through going into, he gets gets quite high up, kind of talking with the CEO, uh, takes what he thought was cocaine with him, but turns out it's like a drug that is turning people into equisapiens. Um, he then finds like these shackled half horse, half human hybrids um, who are begging him for help. And it turns out that the whole reason that these um, uh, workers are being drugged and turned into these half human, half horse hybrids is to like, because they are like the best workers or something. Uh, they hoping to exploit uh, them. They're stronger and more obedient. Yeah. And thus more profitable. Yes. Because capitalism, as, as my granddad used to say, Ian, Capitalism just turns you into a half-man, half-horse hybrid after you like, <laughs> store what you think is cocaine. Oh. I mean, he was equally... Um, was, your, was your granddad um, movie Nostradamus as well? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I do. I do. I, I wish he had seen this film. Just to hear what the fuck you thought about it. But then I guess you also then not only that's kind of not where it stops either, because he then tries to expose all of this happening. And then there's kind of like it, there's like this worship of a sort of 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 the company and what they're doing and how great scientific advancement is and the stock goes sky high. Is it worry free, I think the the company's called, make yeah. all of this money. And yeah, and obviously you kind of <laughs> you get towards the end, um, Cash himself starts to turn into an Equisapien. And you have the um I guess you'll have the um the final sort of or at least the talking heads of maybe you know in some documentaries when the person's talking but it's just kind of their um Yeah. They're obscured, it's their silhouette because they don't want to be kind of know who it is i feel like you'd have that throughout and then at the end it kind of that kind of goes away and, and cash is talking to camera as as a horse you, you you have it sometimes the way the way i would see it is you have it in a couple of true crime documentaries where you have like the reveal where like you aren't sure say if it's on a kidnapping or something and you don't necessarily know if they survived and they will hold back from the talking heads of that person yeah. Until the part in the story where it makes sense. So I feel like you'll get this. Like it'll just be in-depth look at racism and discrimination and these people who felt like they had to put on ho- uh, voices. And then suddenly, talking head of a horse. <laughs> anyway, Lots I was of... one of the first to cross the skit line. <laughs> but, um, and then he can obviously talk about how they then kind of rose up and have the, the, the horse uprising against the uh, against their... Um, corporate overlords i mean it's a really interesting uh, look at corporate america and um and racism and and a whole host of things in a film that is inherently just bonkers it's one of those ones that when i watched it 
I, I, I went into this completely unawares of, of where it was going. And I, I, yeah, I, I knew, I was told it got weird. Yeah. But that was it. And like you said, I thought I had an idea of where it might go. Yeah. I was wrong. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Very wrong. And it kind of goes back to what I was saying about like enjoying documentaries that are, that kind of look at these really obscure and far flung pieces of society that just don't, um, you don't kind of interact with on, on the date on the daily. And um, yeah, uh, horse people is, is one of those. Um, I also think in a, in a alternate reality where this has happened, people would want to know how this ended up oh, yeah. happening so people are going to watch this documentary yeah i mean for, for me the thing that doesn't make any sense is so i i worked in the call center for a bit yeah um and i always struggled uh, to talk on the phone when i was a little horse yes got it in there you were Classic. waiting you were really I was, waiting I, I have been waiting since you said you were going to be doing sorry to bother <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 th- I thoroughly agree. I think this is this is information people would want to know, especially because if you know, I mean, if society and capitalism has taught us anything, this is the kind of shit that you probably would have overlooked. It would have been out of the news cycle within like a couple of days. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, a good, good old, good old classic talking head documentary of it would uh, would be great. I think so. I think so. And also, either way. If you've come back to us now, and hopefully you've avoided the... I don't know how you would have magically avoided all the spoilers. Do we... I should... I mean, this is a weird thing to say after we've done the spoiler klaxon. But yeah. from now on, what we'll do, if we use a spoiler klaxon... Yeah. In the episode notes, we'll include, like, the spoiler klaxon is in effect until... We'll give you little windows so you can... Because I don't want to... There are some films I am happy to ruin for people. This is not one of them. No, ab- absolutely not. So, um, so yeah, if you if you uh, have made it this far, you you missed our spoilers. Um, go watch. Sorry to bother you because it's um, it, it has to be seen to be believed. So, uh, it's a final choice then, mm, um, which wasn't rudely interrupted yesterday. Which wasn't rudely interrupted <laughs> yesterday by uh, a non-descript- real world responsibilities. <laughs> yeah, those fuckers, right? <laughs> uh, so originally I, I was kind of thinking that this this documentary idea could kind of had like two different ways of doing it and i still maintain there is but i think there is also a very right way of doing it so this could either be like an episode of parts unknown or yeah uh, no no I, I guess also kind of there would be a Louis Theroux aspect to it, possibly, but it really comes down to whether this is a true, true crime documentary, or if this is done as like a more travel regional show like Parts Unknown. So, this is Ari Aster's Midsummer, a film I believe we may have what? spoken about previously. Should I just what, what film? Should I just put in the Midsummer supercut there? Yeah, <laughs> we we may have talked about it uh, quite quite recently, am I right? But yeah, so like we could we could either approach this as a, a parts unknown style where it is like just Housingland, and it is somebody going to a documentary on the area, and when they're there, this is all happening, or 
it is an after-the-fact true crime documentary where all of the news has broken out and it is more kind of like i think there's been a couple of cult documentaries recently but it would kind of be in uh i think there was one on waco there was one on i can't remember the fucking name of it so what i'm doing is i'm just just pulling it up on on my phone you know what isn't a cult documentary go on my scientology movie <laughs> let's get that out there no. what do you what do you mean don't use the c word oh this is re- this is really going to piss me off it was a documentary about basically this cult like created a town on the outskirts of this other town. Okay. Not the village. Uh, not the village, no. Because <laughs> that, was, that was a film. Which would have been a good documentary. Yeah, better than the film, I'm sure. Better than the film. That was, uh, that was a dive back down to earth for a Night Shyamalan, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Is it a few of those? But, yes. So, Wild Wild Country. That's the documentary yeah. I was thinking of, which was about a cult commune. So this this could just be kind of like the, the again like a true crime look at a cult and these murders that happen. So I think that's the right way to do it. But also I do really like the idea of Anthony Bourdain just wandering around well the commune as, as, kind of seeing everything that's going on. As I said in the intro, I mean I I see it as a Louis Theroux kind of like weird weekends. Or you could go down the route of the um the dark tourist guy. I forget his name. Oh, yes. Um, I'm glad you said that because I realised in the intro I didn't talk about a documentary I wanted to talk about. So by you bringing up Dark Tourist Guy, David Farrier? Right. So David Farrier did a documentary called Tickled. Okay. Which starts off as basically he gets sent this video of like competitive tickling right and he dives into it in more detail and through that finds like proper like criminal conspiracies and shit like that and it's just every time you think it's got as absurd and weird as you think it's gonna go it gets more absurd and weird which i think is kind of the feeling you'd get while watching a documentary on midsummer Mm -hmm. really because it would just be oh they've got a an ancestor tree that's a bit that's a bit weird. Oh, and this American tourist is pissing on it. So, oh, and now the, now the tourists have started to go missing. And then you'll have the cliff diving. Yeah. I, I can just imagine, uh, you know, you know the, that whole scene with the pissing on the tree and Louis Theroux being like, yeah. uh, obviously the guy gets all really pent up and it's like, so what, what, how, how are you feeling about, about him pissing, pissing on your tree? What does, what does that make you? Uh, what, what would happen? If, how about if I were to piss on your tree as well? I mean, what, what, would, what would that yeah, do? Yeah, no, I can see that. The only issue is, uh, is the, <laughs> the image of Louis Theroux being blood eagle just going to burn itself onto the back of your <laughs> eyes. Oh, poor Louis. But I, th- I think if anyone could leave the Hager alive, it is Louis Theroux. I, I would say so, yeah. I would, you'd also get to see Louis Theroux on mushrooms as well. Oh, yeah, true, true. And I'm assuming he would have ended up becoming the May Queen. Which is Louis, Louis Theroux satin flowers, which isn't something I've said just to make the Photoshop of it later. No, but please do. But yeah, I, I, think, I think it's going to be as, as, as weird a weekend as it would be. Um, and as unknown the part is. And as dark the tourism is. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think it would kind of lend itself to a true crime look at this horrific killing spree that occurred in in kind of a commune. So I was trying to think of like kind of other true crime documentaries, and there's 
I, I couldn't think of many kind of standout films. They all seem to be, especially with true crime, they all seem to be series now. Yeah, I think because some of them go into such detail, like you couldn't, yeah. I don't think you could really do that in a runtime of like what, I mean, and also documentary films are typically like an hour and a half tops. Like you don't yeah. tend to get long running time documentary films films as much yeah so the, the the few i could think of so i think abducted in plain sight is a movie and that that's so fucking jesus weird. christ i'd forgotten about that I, that that was kind of um that that's when you need your mind bleach <laughs> yeah so abducted in plain sight i don't even really want to talk about it like if no. you've watched it you know why you know yeah and if you haven't watched it you should go and watch it and then probably tweet us saying why did you make me watch that? I mean, seriously, aliens, question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah. Yeah, because the guy... Yeah. I mean, we, we, it's not it's not the thing to dive into at the moment, but just that, that... Look, I'm lost for words, especially when he convinced them that part of his therapy was that he needed to go back and spend time with their daughter. Like... Yeah. I, I mean, come on, people. Yeah. Yeah. It's... um. There are no words. No. Again, but sim- similar to what I see a Midsummer documentary being like, which I, I always want to be careful when talking about true crime documentaries because I don't want to describe them as good. You get what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't want to... <laughs> yeah, they're good <laughs> from the it's... point of view of, like, they deliver what they set out to do. The story they're telling is not good. That's probably the best yeah, way to put yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I I think mid um, a documentary on the events of Midsummer, uh, would be kind of quite similar because all good true crime stories, like you said, it has that es- the points of escalation throughout the documentary, which elevate it into hang on what the fuck territory. Yeah, and also just kind of like the whole cult side of things has always fascinated me. Like, I think it's a really... I think that's part of the reason why I like Midsummer, which, as we've mentioned before, I think is a masterpiece, is that I haven't seen many films that kind of not explain why someone would join a cult. But by the end of it, you aren't surprised at any of the decisions that have been made. No, it does tackle it. I um, I, I did um, a lot of stuff on, on cults and sects at um uh when you founded your cult during my sociology a level and i found it fascinating for that exact reason and yeah you kind of there's an element of it where there's you know there's certain things that are needed for a cult to kind of succeed and actually in a lot of scenarios when we talk about cults we actually mean in the sociological sense sects as in s-e-c-t-s because it sounds like I kept what, what, saying what, what, sex. Yeah. Um, what what we mean, what we often mean when we say cult is fucking. But um, you have to have this kind of charismatic leader thing, um, which uh, one of the yeah. one of the great examples is like the um, Manson family and and Charlie mm. Manson and all of that kind of thing. Uh, Manson popped up weirdly in the last documentary I saw, oh. which was Zappa. Oh, nice. Interesting. So it turns out the reason the reason they moved out of LA was because their house backed onto the path the Manson family would take to go up to the hill. Oh. And they were just like, yeah, something weird is going to happen here, and they just moved. 
Wow, fair enough. So out <laughs> out of nowhere, Charles Manson. But yeah, so that's one element of it. But the other element of it is the the vulnerability of the people who are looking for something to belong to. And actually, mm. weirdly now, you see that has taken quite a, a turn online. Actually, you know, if you go down like the... the there was a really interesting article that the New York Times did on QAnon and people who had kind of come out the other side of it but they were talking to them about okay well what you know what kind of got you ingrained in this in the first place and it was all these people feeling disenfranchised they felt that they didn't belong anywhere and they found a community of people who also felt like this who they were able to kind of rally around the same interests and same beliefs even if they weren't that bought into them at the beginning but because there's this vulnerability and because there's this um I guess this sense of a lack of belonging, the minute that something is presented to you where you can be part of a group, however messed up those practices might seem to the outside, it's a lot easier to get people involved. And I think this is a really long-winded way of saying, I completely agree because Midsummer does (laughs) tackle that in the sense of you take where Danny is in her life, everything that's happened to her, her relationship and stuff, and you can see why by the end of it, she's kind of bought into their practices somewhat. Yeah, because I think every every other cult film I can think of, so things like... Have you seen Apostle? No. So Apostle was the first English-language film from the guy who did The Raid. Okay. And it's uh, Dan Stevens and Michael Sheen. And that's very interesting. And then you've also got... I mean, even kind of things like, well, her, her Hereditary. Um, Mandy... Um, the Invitation, uh, The Endless, which is a really good and underrated film. All of them have cults, but the cults are just kind of unquestionably the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's there's no... And in Midsummer, they're still the bad guy, but I think as we talked about in our Midsummer special, um, sequel of which is coming soon, as we talked in the Midsummer special, the cult are the nicest people in the film. Yeah, and also I by, think... By, by far. Yeah, and I also think you don't necessarily... You could go through that film, even with all of the stuff that happens, and think, you know, actually they're not, they're not the bad guys, or at least you you see their practices from their point of view and all that yeah. kind of stuff. You can sympathise, I guess, is the is the way of putting it. Yeah, if the film ended ten minutes earlier, yeah, <laughs> ten ten to fifteen minutes earlier, just before the uh, the the sex whale song. Um, you you could argue that they were uh, they were definitely the good guys, but I I think a documentary into that would be I, I think it would be fascinating. Mm. I I mean you're again we don't know I don't want to go too big into spoilers even though we've talked about Midsummer literally every week since we started this podcast. We don't know. There's a lot of theories and speculation as to what happens after the film. Yeah. Um and what happens to the May Queens and things like that. So. I'm not even sure where the central point of the documentary would be, um, whether any of the any of the American students are involved in the documentary or not, or if it is about basically these college students going missing and kind of, you know, history of the Hager and, you know, theories and wild speculation that has kind of gone round and then the discovery of this cult and what that means and half-finished PhD papers and all of that shit. Chitty's phone but... with the uh, photos on it and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Piss-stained trees. <laughs> all, all the things you want from a cult documentary. But 
yeah, I mean, like, even even if we factor out that the film we're basing this on, it, it, again, trying to not sound like we're exaggerating, but a film that we both truly believe is a masterpiece of modern cinema. Yeah. Even just, if you called me up and said, oh, a documentary's been added to Netflix, it's about this uh, cult in Sweden who's probably murdered a group of people. Yeah. Done. I'm in. I I am dropping everything, and I'm in. Like, it just, it sums up kind of all of the true crime aspects that I like, or not like, but you get what I mean, that kind of interests me. Interesting. And kind of, yeah. Yes, it's a, glim- a glimpse into the human psyche, which I don't think, or, or which we never really seem to explore. And yeah, Midsummer. The final choice. Uh, the final choice is also going to be a true crime Midsummer. Um, documentary. <laughs> Well, it, it, to be fair, as I mentioned to you, I, I, it was, I was going down the weird weekend route, but I was planning on uh, Midsummer myself. But it's... <laughs> I, was, I was planning on Midsummer myself. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, was, I was planning on, you know, inviting all of these American PhD students over. Um, yeah, just as long as they didn't piss on my, uh, my family tree. Hey, no, nobody pisses on the Jones tree. <laughs> So yeah, it's a um, it's another true crime documentary, and it is. It, I I can only imagine that the the film is inspired by the parentheses of the song from uh, the great artist Jojo in two thousand and four, which was entitled "Leave Brackets Get Out." I'm of course talking about Jordan Peele's song. Uh, song film. I've confused myself. Jordan Peele's brilliant um, directorial debut, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Get Out. Or at least feature-length directorial yeah. debut. Um, oh yeah, it is. Just check that. Um, obviously, it stars Daniel Kaluuya. Alison Williams, who is in one of the worst horror movies that we've spoken about previously. Um, the the Oh shit, she is! Uh, what's it called again? Audi- not Audition. Uh, the, Perfection. We forget it every Perfection. time because it is... I don't, I don't, for a podcast where we often shit on films, I don't like shitting on films, but it is not worth my time remembering the name of the film. No. Perfection, right? The perfection? I think it's the perfection. Something like that. Yeah. Terrible. Anyway. The shitty violin horror movie. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just think it becomes, it's, it's prime fodder for a lot of reasons for being a really interesting true crime documentary. Obviously... I guess, and didn't even think about this at the time, but with the, it shares some DNA with Sorry to Bother You in the sense that there's it can explore kind of the, the racial prejudices and, and everything that um, that underlies, I guess, a lot of what happens in the, the, the film and in the circumstances. But it's a really interesting, I guess, slow burn of a, of a horror movie, similar to Midsummer and um, I guess Us to an extent as well. But there is this real kind of, you know, you can imagine the whole... It starts out, you know, like it, it becomes, it's a very kind of typical story at the beginning, right? Boyfriend meeting girlfriend's parents, blah, blah, blah. But it, it's again one of those ones that just takes a real complete turn. And I think that's why it would be really interesting from the point of view of a, um, of a documentary exploring kind of what's happened. And I guess the broader kind of context that it's set in and everything else that's kind of going along with it. One thing actually that did annoy me, annoy me, I really like Get Out, but 
I I knew from the beginning that there was something like I I didn't trust um the the girlfriend from the beginning. I I didn't trust the girlfriend from the beginning. Um but similar to sorry to bother you, turns out what I thought was going to happen did not happen. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's fair. I I assumed it was going to go a different way than than it did. Yeah. Even the kind of racism I expected it to approach. Yeah. Wasn't really the kind of racism it was commenting on. No, that's that's a fair point. Like it, it's yeah, it, it is it is a incred- incredibly well done film. Mm. I I think someone we we've picked annoying films today. All of the films you've picked are films I don't want to hint at giving away the end. <laughs> like every yeah. like Mean Machine, I could give away the end. They win. Great. <laughs> Conair could give away the end. They win. <laughs> and, and and they destroy Las Vegas. Yeah, exactly. But I, I think get out that there's a very interesting part at the end of the film where, to go as broadly speaking as I can, it gets the audience, who would probably predominantly be white, to be scared of the police. Yeah. And that, I think, was eye-opening for a lot of people. And I have to kind well, of I... leave that comment there. But you get what I yeah, mean, because right? I yeah, and also I expect what I expected to have happened yeah. with that didn't happen. Yeah, but you but you have the expectation that's going to happen yeah. because of everything that has happened. But yeah, and that's a just just explaining the the movie yeah. using the using different the the, the vaguest versions of the, the word happen the vaguest terminology ever, which probably yeah. when I listen back to this episode will have needed our hand gestures. But yeah. Yeah, it, it's to to make that leap. You have to have acknowledged something about our society, basically. That I think a lot of people kind of want to ignore. And spot spot spoilers, the world's fucked. <laughs> That's uh, uh. You need to put the. Uh, I don't even know if you need the spoiler alert klaxon for that. I think um... spoiler klaxon. The world is a terrible and deeply disturbing place. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I I don't like you say I kind of don't want to go into too much detail with it, but I just think that because it again takes this real kind of left turn from what is a really normal situation. I guess the thing that makes it quite interesting for the point of view of a documentary is that arguably it is a very normal scenario that it starts off as that a lot of people can relate to, but then takes this drastic turn and i think some of the best documentaries are really they're seated in our in our world that we are familiar with takes us to places within that that are so far removed and you know interesting and shocking and you're like oh my god i can't believe this kind of stuff is happening in the world kind of thing which is where i think this kind of fits in um fits in quite well and obviously you would kind of be post post um events talking heads uh yeah reenactments kind of uh kind of things but that's a, that's a, that's a really good point because i think a lot of I, I think you get it especially with kind of like war atrocity documentaries yeah in that it's very easy to feel to watch a documentary that is like you said outside of your area and it just feels like it's something that's happening like inverted commas over there yeah, and yeah, it doesn't mentally have the same impact as something that you can directly relate to. So, like you said, I think a documentary that can get you to not not necessarily understand, but lay the groundwork in properly, I think always kind of impacts you a lot more than one that is just kind of throwing 
And then this happened. It's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. That's fucked. But I guess yours, you don't have the emotion, the emotional attachment to it. Yeah. yeah. It contextualizes it as well, I guess, yeah. is, is yeah, yeah. the other thing. But yeah, so that's why I think it would be um, a good um, subject matter for the, the documentary treatment. I like it. It is. Yeah. I mean, that would be what I, what, what would I also like. Um, <laughs> get out, but also really suit like a, a podcast documentary series like, yeah like you said like what i think a podcast we've mentioned on all of your subjects s-town or serial yeah. or something like that i think it would be a really good like multi-part it is it is like the fourth episode reveal of like and then this happens it's like ah, hang on hang on i thought i was listening <laughs> i thought i was listening to a series about racism in little america not uh, yeah. not about this shit yeah I, I clearly where I, I take my inspiration from from S Town and not and little else. <laughs> well, I think S Town, S Town was one of the few podcasts where, like, I've had it with a song before. Where you know when you get like when you're driving home and it comes up with like, oh, this route is two minutes slower. It's like, well, yeah, I want to listen to the rest of this song, and you take the slightly longer. I've driven round the block when I was listening to S Town <laughs> because, like, it was. I th- I think it was com- It was like midway through, just as it's like the tone is shifting a bit, mm. and I was in the car, and it was like I need to. I'm either going to sit in the drive or I'm going to have to just keep driving. So I can't. I can't turn this off. And then serials, kind of. I think serials what got me into podcasts. Yeah, same. It's definitely um, up there. It was serial, and then there was a couple of other like sports ones like the magic sponge and stuff that were that, that got me in and obviously i know we're talking about s town a lot make sure not to confuse that with the um early 2000s ba- uh, boy band o-town oh, o-town i thought you were gonna go i don't who did the, the you keep talking okay um he released such hits as liquid dreams and, and no other songs they also apparently in googling them just to make sure i wasn't making up the uh making up the name um had a comeback in 2017 so that's interesting nice i was uh for a brief moment i thought you were going to talk about crazy town ah another come come my lady come come my lady another <laughs> another uh late 90s one hit wonder oh. oh i mean the the one hit wonderest of bands Oh yeah, like to the point where I've got the lyrics open now, and I couldn't sing the verse because I can't remember how it goes. <laughs> but you're my butterfly, sugar, sugar baby. baby. Yeah, and then his like nautical star tattoos fly off. Oh, he had the worst <laughs> tattoos. As well, oh yeah, he? he did. I mean, he looks like he would, he could have beaten the shit out of us, but he'd be beating <laughs> the shit out of us with awful tattoos. Yeah, and who's the real winner there? Exactly. It is the. My tattoos may end up bloody and bruised, but they are nice tattoos. Okay, <laughs> yeah. o- obviously where Get Out was going to go. Um, O-Town and Crazy Town. O-Town, Crazy Town. Any other towns? Um, yeah. Motown? Motown? Yeah. Is Motown an actual town? Motown, uh, no, it was a... Uh, was it Was it short for... I don't know. Downtown. <laughs> anyway, Get Out. <laughs> Hilariously went to leave. Uh, on an entirely audio-based medium. I think this is the thing. Maybe we're missing a trick here, because there are so... I mean, you guys who think we're funny over over the airwaves, you, the visual gags you miss out on. Maybe that's the next Patreon tier. Maybe we uh, record these. Well, I mean, we do record <laughs> yeah. them. 
visually. Oh god, I mean it's uh again another another peek behind the curtain here, which I think now needs a we say it every week, it needs a jingle. Um, yeah. Another peek behind the curtain. Again, another 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 peek behind, behind the curtain. What's there? My laptop can barely handle audio episodes of the podcast. <laughs> like the sheer amount of storage that I'm fucking going through making sure uh, all of these get edited and things like that. Like, suddenly, the editing system I'll use would just be like, oh, I know it's only going to come out as this, but I need ten times that resources to make sure this is done. And then the Midsummer Supercut I did, I think, was so resource-intensive, the world slowed down. (laughs) So, my bad. (laughs) On that note, then, Hmm. uh... Movie plots that would make for a good documentary. Those were our choices. Yeah, those of, were our choices. Out of out of my three, the top three, I think I'm going just reverse order. So I think my thirty yeah. my thirty for thirty on Mean Machine will be coming in at number three. Uh, Conair at number two, with hopefully a detailed look of the ramifications of destroying Las Vegas. Um, and then number one, it just has to be Midsummer because, like I said, even if you gave me the synopsis of that documentary it just would be number one on my list that is that is definitely kind of my yeah thing. I, it would be fascinating i'm i'm quite i'm really struggling actually i think i think get out in third place i think it's a really interesting subject matter and it does kind of go in a completely different direction but i the i guess the one slight drawback of it is because it's very insular within a household and a small community like getting hold of the requisite footage for a feature-length documentary might be difficult and you might just have talking yeah. heads and i don't know if that's the best way to tell the story perhaps it is i don't know slight aside i watched the 85 bears documentary which is nothing but talking heads and it's really jarring because you're expecting some kind of footage and it just goes talking and talking you know um the lonely island song when will the bass drop yes it's, yeah yeah it's like that but for a documentary and you're waiting for some footage of like a game of football or something just a sack i just want a good sack yeah, yeah. um that's a, so, that's, a yeah. F- that's a football term um second place Ooh. i don't know this is really difficult second place sorry to bother you it has spoiler and is not in effect by the way okay it has the it has the biggest left turn of any of the things that we've spoken about but I guess also has some of the um, some of the pitfalls of of Get Out in the sense that you might not get all of the um, all of the footage that you need. Although there there is a wider kind of the companies implicated, and there'd be stuff that you could get from the files and stuff there. But um, and also you're living in a world where that has happened, and whether or not you'd actually be able to get the documentary made, given the. Uh, where things go is is questionable which means first place uncut gems i think uncut gems is just so ripe for a documentary in the sense of all of the twists and turns all of the like elements of sports the supernatural the uh mob aspect the the um i guess the how tense everything is and the ups and downs and yeah i think that that has to be number one yeah i think that's i looking at yours i would struggle to figure that out but yeah i, I think I, I like get out number three just because again i think it would make such a good podcast series 
<laughs> yeah. Um, while everything else is, especially uncut gems, like I like I mentioned before, and I'd strongly recommend the series. It comes across very much like it could be one of those untold things that is on Netflix. So, not 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 only do I think it could be a documentary, but I know exactly which brand it would end up being in. Um, so that is our top threes. What about the podcast top threes, or as we like to call it, the point of the podcast? So. I'm going to throw you a bone here in that. Thank you. I um, will, I, I think Midsummer should be number one, but I think it should be a weird weekend's Midsummer. So, okay, so Louis, or we're like, when Louis met the Harga. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, let's, let's, let's add those notes for the spreadsheet. <laughs> so you, you want weird weekend's Midsummer. Weird weekend's Midsummer, yeah. Okay. All right, that's fair. I can, I, 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 I will concede to Louis Theroux. It's I'm, I'm, as I'm, as I'm we all will that. at some point. As we all will at some point in our lives. He is playing um, the long just, game. At some point, he's going to be like God Emperor of Mankind. It's just a matter of time. Okay, so no, number two, then I would. It has to be uncut gems. It has to be uncut yeah. gems. Yeah. But all right, if 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 we're getting, if you're getting, when Louis met the Harger, I want yeah. untold uncut gems. Okay. Yeah. Yep, that's fun. Adding to the spreadsheet. Um, if you want access to the spreadsheet, become a friend of the podcast over at Patreon. Nice, nice little ad there. Thanks, man. Uh, so then, the the choice is really between. Right, you know what? I'm going to beep out spoilers for this one. Nicholas okay. Cage or. Yeah. So. What was the name of the? You have to beat this out. Because this isn't going to be the first time that he's had beef with. It was. We're going to have to beat all of that out apart. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's not the first time that this is a this is a head to head. As much, I I just think because both both of them are insane. <laughs> both of them are insane. But I guess where, sorry to bother you, goes is a story that needs to be told. I oh that's but tell that to the the. Thousands of families who lost people during the destruction of Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I mean, I uh, I truly believe a Con Air documentary would be great, but I can't argue against the fact that Sorry to Bother You ends with... Well, th- this is it, right? Like, there's, there has been... There's a lot of documentaries out there, I guess, that... not this. Uh, they they don't tell the same story Con Air does, but they're comparable to a nothing. degree. Nothing. Graham, let, let's, let's, let's settle this now. Nothing. Tells the same story that Con Air does, <laughs> <laughs> but there are comparable pieces out there. Yeah, that's fair. Of criminals, of uh, crazy things. There is nothing that exists in the world at present that is comparable to Sorry's Bother You, and therefore we need to tell the story. That's so. so your 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 argument here is more uh, movie plots that, if real need to be told to the public. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. I mean, also, I would just love that documentary to come out and then your usual right-wing media people dismiss it as, uh, well, they said the vaccine wouldn't cause harm, and they said this. (laughs) So why would I believe them when they say that people... ...gain? Yeah. Speaking of, uh, you see Matt Letizier today has has come out as like... uh, He said something fucked up a couple of days ago. And I thought that was re-trending and then discovered he'd said something else fucking weird. 
Yeah, he's he's going down the David Icke route, I think. Um, oh, is that like, he's also is that, trending. I was going to say, yeah. Someone someone blamed said they've been radicalized by David Icke. Yeah, there's a QAnon guy who killed his family because he thought they were lizards and said that they were he'd um, been radicalized by David Icke. Anyway. We're not going to let David Icke or Matt Letizier derail our wonderful top three of documentary of films that should be documentaries. Okay. And those films are okay, so in order. The podcast nobody from else. Ian. The podcast. You won't let me do it. You can, you can go for it. It hurts his soul. No, no, no. no, no. I, I, I won't hurt your soul. The podcast nobody asked for is top three movie plots that would make for a good documentary. Uh, number three. Sorry to bother you. Number two is Untold. Colon uncut gems. Yep. And that means number one is It's either Weird Weekends with the Harger or when when Louis met the Harger. I think Weird Weekends is probably I, I think Weird Weekends, but the naming convention feels better with the other one. But it would be yeah, it would be Weird Weekends Harger. Uh so if you agree with our choices, if you have any other movie plots that you think would make for a good documentary, you can find us on Instagram at the podcast nobody asked for. And like I said, you can also become a friend of the podcast over at Patreon, where there are loads of perks and all of that shit that Patreon gets you. And maybe we'll 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 put some videos up of Ian's um, visual gags. Yeah, it'll be great. I do I do all of these in the nip. <laughs> That's a horrifying image. <laughs> yep. Um for all you know, I am jeansless. <laughs> this is true. I'm 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 not just like see just um but could have been, isn't I? It could have been. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm stunned into forgetting Facebook. my line. Facebook. Oh, Twitter. if you want to connect with us on other social media places, such as Twitter and Facebook, you can at Nobody Asked For Pod with the number four. Um, you can also find everything you want to know about the podcast uh, over at podcastnobodyasked4.co.uk. And remember to leave us a review uh, wherever you listen to our podcast um, and in your review put in any future episode ideas you may have and we will try to do the best ones so that was hmm. that was a very documentary we should have a documentary a making of the podcast nobody asked for documentary go full better yeah. again because that's what document we... document the documentary process yeah so this is ian slaving over off our google sheets he is Graham frantically uh, Googling um, a movie to recommend because he completely forgot it this week. <laughs> We've all been there. He's a though. fucking liability. We've all been there. Yeah. We're just, I'm just, I'm just going to recast you as someone else in the sequel. <laughs> and now, now <laughs> Ian frantically Googles people who've been recasted. Uh, I, I, the only one that springs to mind is um, the auntie in Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I, I was, I was going to go for Don Cheadle. So you're just uh, being... Yeah. Just... Welcome to the podcast that we asked for with me, Ian Harris. And me, War Machine. Ugh, no one asked for this.